CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. All right, folks, we're back. Hardwood Handicappers is alive and well after a little brief hiatus. We're off for like a week, 10 days, whatever. It felt like an eternity uh, vacation for both Kelly and myself. And we come back at, I would say, the right time. NBA free agency I wouldn't say it's over. There's still plenty of free agents, but that's calmed down. It wasn't a strong free agent class as it is. Plenty of juicy trade rumors as well. It's a good time to come back. And also, the Summer League is upon us. Salt Lake City and California start today. I can't wait to watch some of those games. And, of course, the Vegas Summer Leagues will get started on Friday. It is wild, right? Like There's no rest. <laughs> it is wild. It's just crazy. Me and you take a whole week off, and it's like, oh, man, there's so much NBA stuff to do and talk about. Yep. <laughs> Dude, and, and I'm telling you, this is going to be a busy basketball summer because we have all of this. And then remember, coming up later, it is yep. the FIBA World Cup. That's going to be awesome to keep track of. Team USA just announced their roster, so uh, I'm excited. Like I think this is going to be a pretty good off season. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the, for, to the World Cup uh, big time. Um, yeah, what do we have? Uh, Brunson on there was pulling up that roster earlier and looking at it. it looks like it'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah. He's a little younger. Yeah, Lescue's a little younger, but you got ba- yeah, Bancaro, Bridges, Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Alberton, Hart, Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves are yeah. your team USA. This is gonna be there's gonna be a lot on there. It's gonna be fun. I like I like international basketball. FIBA rules basketball is, is fun. It's uh it's an interesting little uh difference when it comes to watching it. So we'll have more on that coming up a little bit later. So uh important order of business. First off, how was the time off? What'd you do? Everything good? It's good, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of just hang, laying low here in Vegas. Had some friends in town. Went to L.A. for a few days. Played in some World Series of Poker events. But, uh, yeah, really just hanging out here for the most part, man. Yeah, went up to North Cal for me. Yeah, yeah, went out to Salt Lake Went to Gigante's game. game? Yeah, it was good. Dude, I got to tell you, that ballpark's awesome. That was the first time I went. Walked around the whole thing multiple either. times. We got in, so it opened like two hours before it started. The game started before per, uh, first pitch. So we got a, we got a beer at the – I couldn't – I will say this. Nothing around that ballpark opened until 10 a.m. And we got there at like nine. And I'm like thinking like, cool, 24 hour town, you know, Vegas, 24 hour <laughs> town. Let's get some drinks. And blah, blah, blah. Like, nope, we had to walk around for an hour before anything opened. But no, the, the ballpark was awesome. Um, it was cool to watch the game. Uh, Giants, it was an interesting game. Giants lost it, but ultimately a fun experience. I got sunburned. I don't know if you can see it, but I have like a really, really, really hard line because I rolled up the sleeves on my hoodie. So I oh, a hard tan line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Oh, it was great. Love the summer. Summer's awesome. Um, but. With that, we don't have any time to dilly or dally because we have a lot to get to. So I've planned some stuff out, and we'll start at the top and work our way around, Kelly. And, of course, we start with the big fish, which is Damian Lillard. So we know by this point Damian Lillard has requested a trade. Um, The landing spot, the favorite landing spot, is, of course, the team that he prefers. That would be the Miami Heat. I'm double-checking to see anything happen. Okay, no, nothing's happened. Just want to make sure. Um, So here's the question because I think this is what's interesting. We have some more information around what this is going to potentially be, Kelly. Uh, Three-team trade would likely be necessary for Miami. This is according to Chris Haynes. He reported this on NBA TV yesterday. Um, It's an interesting thing because the conversation around this has been, hey, the package for Lillard is really not that strong if you think about it for Miami, which is the case. There's just not that many suitors that make a lot of sense. So if it is going to be Miami, a third team is going to be potentially involved. So just... Overall, I will ask you this before we get to the other parts. Miami, the deal, the potential, do you feel like it is going to be Miami? Because Brian Windhorst said on his podcast today that he thinks it's going to be Miami. And Tim Bontemps said he thinks it's going to be Philadelphia. But either way, it's the two teams that are at the top of the list. 
that are going to be in contention for him. Okay. Um, first, I'm going to give you some odds because these actually, I think, relatively just got posted. I mean, I'm sure they've been up and down all weekend, but this morning when I was checking, they were not up. Right now, Damian Lillard's next team odds over at DraftKings. Miami Heat minus 350. Celtics plus 450. Clippers 7-1. to one, uh, Sixers 10-1. to one, And then we jump up to 20-1 to one with the Jazz and Nets. Everybody else 25-1 to one or longer. Um, do, do me a favor, real quick, because you cut yeah. out for me. Give me the give me the top two again. Heat minus three fifty, Celtics plus four fifty. Celtics, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's gonna be the Heat, just because when there's this heat, smoke, and fire, man, it, it always just fe- it always feels like it, that's what's gonna happen. I don't know how the hell they're pulling it off, team. Like it, like like you just said, it's got to be a third team involved, like. They cannot offer up that attractive of a package right now for Damian Lillard. Um, if you're, I mean, let's put this. I don't think they can get it done. If you're just going two teams, you're not getting it done without Bam Adebayo being included. I, I don't no. think a package built around Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson is nearly attractive enough for for you to do that if you're Portland. Um, so yes, I think I still think he goes to the Heat, but I I don't know how the hell it gets done. I think most likely it's including a third team. And there's a lot of wheeling and dealing between the front offices involved, and that's how it gets done. I know that is a crappy answer because I feel like he, I feel like he winds up in Miami without Miami's roster being completely gutted somehow because that's what Miami does. But like, I don't know how the I don't know how the hell they get it done. Yep. So uh, Kevin O'Connor wrote this up: a hypothetical deal uh, that you look at would be something along the lines of, and if you're like, so the best offer if you're just talking about two teams. It would be Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic going to Miami for Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Jaime Hakez, Nikola Jovic, a first-round pick in 2028, a first-round pick in 2030, and a pick swap in 2029. It's not really awesome for a guy like Damian Lillard. Um, But here's the thing. This is what I think is interesting. So he uh, O'Connor noted that, okay, if Haynes is right, it's going to need a three-team deal. Involving Brooklyn would be pretty interesting. You could get uh, Ben Simmons as part of it, too. Uh, and now Simmons would not be the centerpiece, obviously. He'd still be like Tyler Hero or whatnot. But that's an interesting upside swing on a guy who's only 27 and fits with like the timeline of what the Portland Trailblazers want to do. So that's going to be potentially there. I want to bring up, too, because I thought it's interesting. You said 76ers are 10 to 1 to grab him, huh? Mm-hmm. I would, if, if you're in the market of maybe betting on these things, I think 10 to 1 is pretty interesting to make a wager on for Philadelphia to land him. Only because, and I agree with Tim Bontemps when he said this on Windhorse Podcast this morning, I think if you're looking at it, I think that the 76ers have the best talent chip of all of them, which is Tyrese Maxey. I think Tyrese Maxey is, if you're talking about weak centerpieces of a deal, again, we're all considering these weak. I think Tyrese Maxey offers the most upside. He's a really interesting player. I think offensively, he's just as good as Tyler Hero, if not better, and offers a little bit more for you. I think that there's something really there. And I think if it's Philly, you know, the the James Harden thing is kind of lingering. It could involve a three-team deal with Harden going somewhere and them getting that back and then flipping it back to Miami. But I, at least in terms of odds, I would say that Philadelphia has a higher chance to land Damian Lillard than what that ten to one would indicate. I think it's yeah, I, would, I, I I agree. I, I think the I think the fact that the Celtics are plus four fifty and the Clippers are seven to one is, is pretty interesting to me. I mean, um, the Clippers don't really have much. There, it, it would be Terrence right. Mann and like. Something like, you know, fourth best clipper of all time, Terrence. I guess that's the one that really doesn't make any sense to me. Like, look, I think the Celtics or the 76ers, if they want to go get Dame, they can go get Dame. Either one of those teams. I think you're you're basing around Maxi and you're basing around Jalen Brown. But that's how you're getting it done. And I think you've got to be, I I just don't know from either one of those franchises, it's really something I want to consider. You're going to, like, you've got great teams already. You're going to, you think that moving a great young piece like that is going to really is going to definitely push you over the edge because man, you got to be pretty damn sure about that uh, to go off and trade. I think a Tyrese Maxey or a Jalen Brown. Um, you know, look, maybe it makes more sense. You, you know how I feel about the Celtics and the, that duo. I think they should keep them together forever. I think it would be great. But you know, hey, if there's a lot more trouble behind the scenes than we know of, you know, with, with Jalen Brown and that whole situation in Boston then, man, I think that one could make a lot of sense, right? I mean, you could pair up those two. Um, you could make that deal work pretty easily. If you're Philly, it's probably a deal that involves Maxi and Tobias Harris, right, just to make the money work. Um, but, yeah, I, look, I think 
that's I think that's one thing to not get lost. Like, yes, I think the Miami Heat are the front runner, and they're probably doing everything they can figure do to figure out this trade. But you have to keep in mind this is not a Brad, Bradley Beal situation. There's no no trade clause for for Damian Lillard. As much as he wants to be, as much as he wants the team to hope hopefully respect his wishes, they don't have to if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They can trade him wherever the hell they want. So they're not. Well, I do think that they will try to appease Damian Lillard as much as they can. And if it's just to a team in the Eastern Conference, I don't think Blazers really care whether it's Boston, Philly, or Miami between the three of them. But they're going to get the best back, package back that they can, uh, you know, without without surrendering too much in that kind of in that kind of tr- uh, deal. So um, look, I think the Heat are probably the rightful front runners right now. But I think there's probably more teams in this involved than we than we even know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think there's probably a team or two out there that we're not even thinking of. Right so one team that's been thrown out there that I would actually love to see, I think it'd be a low-key fun team and a team that can make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Utah has been tossed out as a team that has a lot of interest in Damian Lillard. They're a team that's got assets to go and get him without really cutting into their depth. And I mean, if you really think about it, when you're talking about Damian Lillard and um, Jordan Clarkson and all that all that, that team has, Lowry Markinen alongside as well, Walker like there's, uh, there's a lot, Walker Kessler, there's a lot there. For, to be just a really intriguing and in, in potential team that can make the postseason. Now, again, is that a team that's winning a title? Eh, probably not. And there's a risk in dealing for a guy that's got time left on his deal that doesn't necessarily want to play for your team. So right. would the Utah Jazz go and do something like that? That'd be interesting. I mean, you listed off the odds. Are they even listed on teams to go no, get no, Damian they were, Lillard? No, they were one of the shorter ones. They're, t- oh, they they're, were one of the tw- ones? they're 20 at least. They're 20. They're 20 Everybody's- to 1. So it goes, you know, Heat, Celtics, Clippers, Sixers, Sixers are 10 to 1, jumps to 20 with the Jazz and the Nets. Everybody else okay. is 25 to 1 or longer. Yeah. So, I mean, Utah's been thrown out there quite a bit as like the third, like the team that's floating around on the periphery and just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen for Damian Lillard. But so let me ask you this. So, as we look at the way that the market is right now, the market is clearly thinking that Miami is going to land Damian Lillard, not only because of the odds that you've referenced, but have you taken a look at future odds lately, like to win the NBA championship and to win the Eastern you know, Conference? You know what's, what's funny is, no, I've, look, I've looked at all these other things. I haven't just looked at basic futures odds. The <laughs> uh, Miami Heat are 4-1, to one, the third choice to win the Eastern Conference, and 9-1 oh to one to win the NBA Finals, the uh, fifth choice on the board over absurd. at DraftKings. Okay, so I'm glad you said that because here's the deal, and we know this all the time. So not only is this kind of a hedge, but they will get slightly shorter once they land Damian Lillard. You know, they're going to get to like eight to one, seven fifty maybe to win the NBA finals. And I got to tell you, so let's assume that this package is again, like we're talking about, like it's going to have Duncan Robinson in it. It's going to have um, Tyler Hero in it. Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith, Kevin Love, Josh Richardson, Orlando Robinson. Like that's the rest of what Miami has on their roster once this deal is done. And maybe there's some other pieces coming. I want to be clear. I think Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo is an awesome trio. I think it'd be a really good playoff trio. I I think both Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard have some underrated playoff performances. We've seen what Butler can do in the postseason. Lillard has two game-winning buzzer beater series winners under his belt as a career guy in the postseason. So they'd be good playoff performers. But again, depth and the other role players. Look, I'm I'm a Mount West guy. People don't know who Orlando Robinson is. He's a talented big guy. I don't think he's really helping you out. Like it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what the rest of that team looks like, man. Uh, that, that's where, so, and that's the part where I'm like, I just don't think. I think it's the Heat, but it's the Heat with a third. Like there, there's a third team involved, and the Heat get some kind of pieces back. I just don't. I don't remember even even when even during the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh days. Like they still had benches that were powerful enough to carry them through. Like this is. I think after everything we just watched in the NBA playoffs, right, especially being the Miami Heat, being one of the teams that was like, yo, we're deeper. And, like, we're going to run the eight, nine guys at you, 10, 11 guys. If we got cold shooters, fine. We're going to plug some other guys in. They're going to hit, hit uh, you know, hit some shots. We'll be fine. Like, the idea that they're going to kind of reverse course so hard, I, I don't know. I just I, – I don't know if I – I don't believe – I don't believe David Lillard's going to go there and the roster is going to be that gutted as you just mm-hmm. laid out. I just, I, I feel, I have a feeling they'll make something else, make something else work. Those odds are silly though. Like those are, yeah. those are already like, I, those are what I feel like they should be if they had Damian Lillard today. You know right, what with, I mean? With I, we don't the even current have, construction we don't of the roster. Have. 
right? What's is that? that, that's just with the current construction of the rock. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, like that's bonkers to me. Like, I, geez, nine to one. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, the one yep. other team I'll throw out quick. Um, because I guess I, I guess they are slightly shorter than most of the rest of the pack uh, to grab Dame. It's the Pelicans. Because in theory, what the hell has changed since, you know, since we right. last talked to, talked to each other on this pod, right? About the Pelicans being in play for Scoot Anderson. For sure. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it would just right? switch. Like, there's not just really the other anything guard. that's changed. These rosters are the same, right? Like, Pelicans really haven't done much. I don't know, man. Like you could still Pelicans could still easily easily put together a package. Yeah, they could. I, I think again, it would be the Zion Williamson thing once again. Like if you're packaging that to go get them. Uh, I mean, look, like you said at the top, I could list off like five teams that have the assets to go and do this. Yeah, it's just teams that it doesn't make sense. Like like the Spurs angle was thrown out there. Like why would the Spurs do that? Why the hell would they do? I heard that one too, and I was like, no, like no. Why would they ever do that? Like there's no, cause one of the, one of the things was like, well, you want to speed up the time. Like, why would you want to speed the timeline up on a 19 year old in Victor Wembanyama? No, idea. they've got three outside of him. They've got Devin Vassell. They've got uh Keldon Johnson. They've got uh trade. I think they just re-signed trade Jones. If I remember correctly, I'll double check. Um, like they've got Jeremy Sohan. These are guys that are 23 and younger that are like, just, yeah. you know, they're pretty young. Like you got a really young core. Why would you want to speed that thing up? If you're a team like the San Antonio Spurs. I feel a little similar like that with 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 the Jazz too. With you talking about the Jazz, mm-hmm. where it's like you just blew up this whole team from like two years ago that was what first place in the Western Conference, um, you know, in the regular season, right? It's it, I, it just feels a little odd. I think that for them to don't get me wrong, you could sit here, you could you could sit here tomorrow and say, hey, we have Damian. Look what we turned Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert into, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have. All these young assets back with a Damian Lillard and still have a ton of extra draft capital and stuff. And it'd be a pretty damn impressive move uh, by Danny Ainge. But like, I don't know. But like, it's not a win now team to me. You know what I mean? Even with Dame, I don't think they're a win now team for for me. So I don't know why you would make that move. No, I, I, would, I would just con- I would continue to build on the on the youth movement that they have. So yeah, yeah, definitely the Spurs, though, at least. Yeah, this um, yeah, I would agree with that. So we'll see. That's the Heat at nine to one. That is uh, that is really fascinating of a price I did and not a third look choice. At I didn't yeah. even look at it. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's hilarious. So I had this in a different order in my notes, but I think it's a natural jumping off point because when I looked at the odds for the Eastern Conference, I got to tell you, Kelly, I like I looked at this and I was like, I think there's a team missing in the top four. So I wanted to ask you your your underrated free agency moves of the weekend. And I think for me at the top of the list, because this is going to tie into that conversation, because I see this now, why aren't the Cleveland Cavaliers higher in the Eastern Conference pecking order? Because I love the addition of Max Struess. I love the addition of George Nang because it just fills needs. They are a team that ranked 16th in three-point frequency, but 14th in three-point percentage. So they were a pretty average three-point shooting team. Struess and Nang helped that. They needed size and depth along the wing. Yang helps that, as does Struess. They can play him at the three if they'd like to with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. They want to go small. They can put Yang at the four. Like There's so many different lineup variations there. They added to their team, and by all accounts, whether Damian Lillard goes to Philly, whether Damian Lillard goes to Miami, those are two teams that are going to sacrifice whatever depth they have to go and get him. And I, I think the top of the Eastern Conference is as weak as it has been in that a team like Cleveland with the improvements they made could break through and make themselves one of the, the, the powers that is in the Eastern Conference. So am I wrong to like as much as I do what Cleveland did in free agency? Hell no. Hell no. They're, they're up there kind of on my list too of, of, look, I think this is a team that got, they got a, lot, a whole lot better in the past few days. They really did. I, I mean, you're really not talking about losing anybody. And like you just broke down, you added a lot in the areas that you needed help, right? This is where we, we were going nuts, or at least I was going nuts, kind of, you know, end of the season last season, where this was a team that was, you know, top 10 offensive and defensive efficiency for basically the entirety of the season. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they had going for them was their depth, right? And then they go and just like, you know, Kevin Love, just a cast off. You know what I mean? It's like, well, Miami Heat utilized him pretty damn well in the playoffs. Not that he was playing 40 minutes a game, but he still helped contribute. And it was all of a sudden, like, where did all this depth go? Um, you know, that they that, that the Cleveland had been utilizing the whole season. And now you're back to that point where you've re-added some guys who, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all just saw what Max Struess just did for the Miami Heat through the playoffs. Why the hell wouldn't we think he could do that for Cleveland? 
Yep. And you look at like Cleveland and the way they lost that series uh, against the New York Knicks. One of the big things that didn't help them, 32.7% from three-point range. They didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Guys like Niang and Struess are going to help that. Uh, their rebounding wasn't great. Uh, they should improve on that, but Niang should help that too. He's, a, you know, at least in terms of his size in some of those lineups. Yeah, I really like what they did a lot. And I, and I think it's it's not only about the moves, but it's about the conference in front of them where like I, like I think we saw Boston can be a good team, but they have their flaws. I think Milwaukee is a flawed team as well, as we all know. We'll see what the differences are with a new coaching staff. But I think overall, it's just that the top is a lot more malleable than I think we thought. And especially when you get some of the improvement that's, that Cleveland made, I, I'm all in, man. I, I like that team a lot. And I would argue, like right now, again, you're looking at it, like I said, like tell me why they shouldn't be up there with, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers or the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference. Why would there be a gap like that? They're like, they're like 25 <laughs> to 1 to win an NBA title right now. I mean, again, like the separation between the Heat, like the Heat and the Cavs is just like hilarious right, right now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like this trade's already happened, but even if it ha- if it did happen, I don't think I would have that big of a separation. I, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think that's a, I mean, look, look the East is going to be stacked again. It's the, only, it's the only problem why I'm not like running to jump in on a bet for them. I, I, just, I just think it's, you know me, I love the Bucs this whole last season. I didn't have a single Bucs bet just because of that same reason, right? The East is going to be brutal to get through for any of these teams that we're talking about. Um, so, I mean, I guess in that sense, then yes, it would make sense to look at a longer shot bet than one of these shorter shot bets. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was betting anybody in these today, um, I think you're right. That's definitely who I would be betting. The other, and I hate, it pains me to say this um, in terms of my fandom, the other team, I think it's hard to ignore, of course. Um, and it's, it's the low hanging fruit, a lot of the off seasons, but I, I do think that this is the season we should. I think the Lakers headed out of the park. With free I agency. I, I I heard I forget who it was last night trying to it was our good friend Tim Bontemps over at ESPN. He was trying to downplay like how much better the Lakers got, and I was like, what? What? Like, what are we talking? This yeah. at least going back to the trade deadline, the Lakers have blown every other team out of the water when it comes to moves that they've made. Like, I right. yes, JVT, I'm glad you said it because otherwise it would have been me saying it. Like, I didn't think. I think I thought it was going to be tough enough for them to bring back Hachimura and Reeves, right? They got that done. I really didn't think, you know, D'Lo was going to be coming back too. I don't even really know how much they wanted him back. I just think the money ended up making sense for them to be able mm-hmm. to bring him back pretty easily. But like, okay, you go out and add Toreen Prince, Jackson Hayes, and oh, Miami Heat legend Gabe Vincent all of a sudden. Like, this team, like, it's, it's. I mean, even throw in Cam Reddish if you want to, I guess. But like, hey, it's sure. a lot of different pieces now they can take the regular season to figure to play all these guys, figure out what they got and hopefully roll into the playoffs with yes, much of what you saw a year ago, but also with some added depth beyond behind those guys. And what's the big difference JVT? It's the difference is how these teams, this team is set up now from where it was set up in what January, December, right? Where this is, this is a team now that is surrounded with guys, surrounded with shooters, surrounded with guys to help out LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I love the setup of it. I love, I love this Lakers. I love them. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's like how you can't say Denver got any better, right? Like you can't say they got any better. So we're talking about the two teams in the Western conference finals. One got a little worse and one got a little better. That's all I can say. Right. Well, and, and, I mean, I think there is still a there was a gap for the Lakers to make up. Obviously, we saw that play out in that series against Denver. I think Denver should still be the favorite. And it's like to the point of playing it down, kind of like Bontemps, like, do I think they should be NBA Finals favorites? No. Or Western Conference Finals favorites? No. Or Western Conference favorites. But I think that this is just a team that, again, like what I like in free agency is when you just you get the square pegs in the square holes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's exactly what the Lakers did. Oh, we need better point guard depth. Let's go get Gabe Vincent. Oh, we need more wing shooters. Let's go get Torian Prince. Let's go get you know Cam Reddish who can switch and play a little bit more defense. And you know we won't be at, in such a bad spot with like a Jared Vanderbilt type who can't shoot and teams can play off of. Like little things like that. Dude, getting Jackson Hayes at a veteran minimum is yes. a really good is a really smart pickup. It's yes. it's a guy who can play power forward if he wants because they did that with the Pelicans. They played him next to J- Jonas Valanciunas and it worked. Remember the year they made it through the play in that year? Um no, I, I think they did really well. And again, when you look around at the Western Conference, it's just the teams are just kind of rising. They're getting a little bit better. Memphis got better with the addition of Marcus Smart. You know, Sacramento's kind of running it back, but you don't really I blame them because, you know, they were the three seed last year. 
Like, I, I think this, it was a lot of smart moves. Would I today still pick Denver in a series over the Lakers, just knowing what we know on paper? Yes, because I love Nikola Jokic, but they closed the gap a little bit and they're better. And I think that's all you can ask when you come to free agency. I thought it was a really good, really good mm-hmm. couple of days for the Lakers, for sure. Um, yeah. Anybody else? Did any? There's one other team that stuck out to me. Was there any other team that stuck out to you? Um, you know what? Like the only other one I wrote down was like the, as far as on the good side is, is just the Celtics and, and remember, you know, not despite there being this massive wave of free agency, not forgetting the fact of, you know, them already, already adding Kristaps Porzingis so early in the process, right? Like they've already kind of, kind of made those big ads to change their, change their team. And who knows, maybe it continues here, uh, with Dame Lillard, but I still think they're a team, as far as when we talk about good teams getting better, I still think they're a good team that got better this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other team the other team that was uh, I was looking at, I'm, man, I'm going to bet them to make the playoffs. I, I hope I am not let down. The Indiana Pacers. I, I think ah, the Pacers yeah. the Pacers are super interesting. Sorry, I got so excited. My pee really popped hard there. The Pacers, <laughs> the Pacers are super fun, man. Like, uh, Bruce Brown, look, did you overpay for Bruce Brown? Sure. Right. But you had the cap space. You might as well just go do it. You have a really intriguing young core, obviously. Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nembhard. You've got a solid mix of young guys and veterans. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. The addition of Brown. They're a well-coached team. Uh, I think at the very least, we're talking like a play-in participant and maybe the eighth seed. But like that team should be in the mix to at least get into the play-in and potentially make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference next year. I like a lot of what they did. Like that's that's a really interesting team, and you know, shipping off Duarte yeah. to make room. But I really like what Indiana did. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm. Gonna, I think that will be an interesting yes no. Oh, Obi Toppin. As I mentioned him, they right yeah, they acquired him. Yeah, Obi Toppin. They got. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think that'll be a really interesting yes price to see on them because that is that is that's a loaded starting five you've got, and then yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, then a couple quality players coming off the bench. I, I, I mean. I feel like Buddy Heald is just so easily forgotten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but that guy just keeps he just keeps like being one of the best three point shooters in the league year after year. Yeah, and I also trying to think of like if you look at them, I don't think they'd be a risk to shut things down. I don't think they'd be a risk to trade anybody. I, I think like they're going to be a team that's just going to be put together and competing. And I, I don't I, remember too. They put up last year play in uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, play in participation. Remember mm-hmm. Oklahoma City? We thought, you know, we, we, we found that one 10 to 1 to get in there. So we'll see what the market is. But at the very least, if that's a good enough price, playing that and to make the playoffs is going to be freaking awesome uh, when it comes to the uh, Indiana Pacers. All right, with yeah, that, I think, go ahead. I think my only question on them would be, what's the deal with Miles Turner these days, right? Are we just, is everybody cool now with each other? Like we're, Seems like we're, sta- we're staying put with Miles Turner now in, 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 in Indiana where that was such a big deal like this time of year ago? Yeah, I guess so. It seems like it. I mean, they re-inked them, so I think we're good. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. We'll see. I mean, look. The I mean, they're kind of seasons- set up that way like they are because they lose him. I don't know what the hell they're doing down low. Right. Like NBA seasons are weird. Who knows how it starts out? And then, you know, we'll see what happens by the time the trade deadline comes around. But I would Th- think that's going to be part too. of it. Yes. If, if this is a team, for whatever reason, it's bad, they could be major sellers by the trade deadline. Yes. Too. At the very least, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner could again be the, you know, the center point of that and, and find their way onto some new homes. But I would think that I think the signing of Bruce Brown, because that's the other thing, because you want to find out intention, right? Some of these teams are going to be dangerous to shut things down and compete for a, a top seed in the, the post or excuse me, the draft. I think the signing of Bruce Brown, and especially when you're talking about a two-year deal because it's pretty short, says that we want to try to be competitive here with the team that we have. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Two other teams I wanted to talk to you about quick. The would you make the Bucks moves? Not really, not really doing much, but bring back the say, guys what? they needed what? to bring back, I guess, with Middleton and Lopez. Um, yep. The only reason why that you sparked you sparked something in my head there was I I wish. I don't have a problem with them bringing back Middleton, man. I wish it was. I wish it was less years though, because it's three years with a one-year player option. Like right. I, I don't know if that guy. I don't know if that guy's got it anymore. Mm. Like that. I, I don't know if that was all injury stuff last year, and we're going to see a brand new Chris Middleton, or if this is Chris Middleton all of a sudden kind of on the downslide or something like that. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to think that because he was injured, like he's going to be better with a fully healthy offseason and whatnot. We'll see if that's going to be the case, but I think that's the worry, right? Like you said, like this is the start of the downturn because if yeah. it is, the Bucks are in uh, they're, they're in a weird position, man, because they're essentially running it back again. 
the the big addition, I mean, so if you look at what's happened in free agency, for those who don't know, Joe Ingles is gone. He's in Orlando, not a massive role player. Javon Carter, he's gone. He's in Chicago. That's a pretty decent depth piece for them. You know, played sure. a lot, started yeah, a lot. played a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when they were going through their injuries and stuff. Um, and then you bring Jay Crowder back, who couldn't even get into the playoff series that they lost <laughs> against Miami. So, right. like, I guess that's something. Um, I got to tell you, and that's kind of, it goes back to what I thought about Cleveland. I think like teams like Milwaukee and what they're vulnerable. Like they're, yeah. they're going to be good because they have Giannis, but like, where's going to, where's the offensive creation coming from again? What is that going to look like? Like, is the shooting going to be much better or more consistent? I, I, I think I would worry about the, like, I don't think they're going to be this dominant team anymore. I think that the, the Eastern conference around them has risen to their level and it's just going to, I'm very interested to see it. Cause I don't really love it. You know, I, I think you're probably right. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting to where I'm like, I, I just don't know that I, I just don't know that I'm going to be sitting here all, for, for all of next season talking about Milwaukee to me being so much better than everybody in the East. Cause I think, I think you just said it perfectly. I, I think with them kind of doing what they're doing, fine. They're just they're just standing pat, kind of where they where they're at in the East. Um, the other team, real quick, the Houston Rockets. What the hell yep. are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> and besides, they just got money to burn. Like I get it, you got you and you got cap space, you got cap space. But man, that's a lot of money to dish out for Fred VanVleet and Dylan Brooks. I'll tell you that much. Like yeah. Fred VanVleet going to change this team's future? Like I love Fred VanVleet, but like I thought he'd be a great fit on one of these already established built teams. I, I don't I don't hate it. I think it's because it's only three years, so it's not like terrible uh, for Van Vliet. There's a lot of money, yeah, right? Over $40 million a year, um, which is interesting for a guy like Van Vliet. But like he's a solid – I think everything I've read about Houston the last couple of years, it's been like the culture's been like a nightmare, right? Like it's been kind of like a wild party behind the scenes, not a lot of leadership. And so what do you do? You go and get like Fred Van Vliet to be the lead guard and help you out in that regard. And he's kind of – he seems like an Ime Udoka type. Right, like a hard nose, kind of will do everything you need him to do type of dude that doesn't mind if you call him like a BZ every once in a while because he's playing like ass. Like, so I think like that'll be a pretty solid guy, especially when you have a backcourt that's as loaded as they are now in terms of young talent, right? Jalen Green, Amon Thompson, like I don't hate it. Um, Dylan Brooks, look, I think the discourse around Brooks went too far in one direction. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) did Dylan Brooks sometimes think he was like Carmelo Anthony? Like, yeah, I think it was kind of weird how much he really bought into his offensive game. Is he still a really good defender that can shoot every once in a while and at least help you out on that end? Yes. So I think overall, I kind of get it. Uh, You want to add some veteran mix to to the party with a lot of these young guys. But I think it's also clear Houston is definitely pushing to be, you know, Steven and I were talking about this like the bulls were rushing to be just like an adequate team. It seems like Houston's rushing to just be like an adequate team. Like yes. they just want to compete okay. for a play in. they want to compete yeah. for a play in and maybe get the eighth seed. And, and I, don't know, I don't know, lose in four to like the Denver nuggets. Who knows? That's sure what it feels like. It feels like you're rushing to get rushing to make that play in tournament real bad. Right. Yeah. They it's, still have, really did good. they still, they really have Boban and Frank Kaminsky on their roster. Is this really an updated roster? over here? Uh, let's see. I mean, I no, know Kaminsky, I think is a, a I think Kaminsky and Bowen are both unrestricted free agents. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm looking at the, this is it Spotrack? Spotrack? Whatever. You know uh, what? I've, have... ne- I've, ne- I've always called it Spotrack myself, but I don't actually know. Okay. Spot, spot rack. I mean, that could be another one too. Uh, but I'm looking at that and it has those guys down as uh, unrestricted free agents so far. Right okay. now, so could be gone, man. I, I, look, I'll tell you this. Can't wait to watch Houston on League Pass. It's going to be great. Oh, sure. Gonna Hell be, yeah. uh, they're going to be Hell awesome. Yeah. They're going to be so awesome to watch. <laughs> and look, hey, you know what? I, I kind of hope it works out for them because they have an intriguing low-key, like, good young core, too. Like, Amin totally. Thompson, if he works out, and Jalen Green, uh, Alpern Shengun. Like, they've got some guys who you're looking around. You're like, all right, cool. Like, the, we got something at least to get excited about. Like, this will be pretty yep. interesting. But it was also, it does speak to, like, Fred Van Vliet and Brooke Lopez were, like, the big dominoes that, like, fell in free agency it kind of speaks to what the free agency class was this yeah, year. Totally. Like it wasn't really great. At yeah, all. We were like, just feel, we're like everybody freaking out about the Brooke Lopez thing. It's like, all right, guys, it's yeah. Brooke Lopez. Let's all calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even like got that full story. Like what he like promised Houston he was going there or something. And then, oh, I didn't see that then, really. Yeah. It was something, it was something weird like that. Like, I don't know. It was like Houston's all pissy about this trade, uh, this move or something about him going back to uh, Milwaukee. We could have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it could have been incredible. We could have had Brooke Lopez. Like, yeah, dude. Because <laughs> that, that, that was 
Like, if you're a Milwaukee fan out there, I thought it was huge for them to bring him back. Like, I thought it was yeah. way more important him coming back than Chris Middleton, honestly. But, uh-huh. like, him coming back, because I think he's such he's just such a player that fits what they do so well. And, like, in Houston, like, I, what do you – what, you're just going to ask him to anchor the defense and then, what, get out of the way and stretch, stretch for threes, I guess, for Jalen yeah. Green to, like, make clumsy, uh, you know – clumsy rim runs and stuff like what are, what are we talking about for uh, yeah for a uh, jalen just ignore him like <laughs> <Right>, exactly yeah <laughs> so so we're talking about these teams too by the way some of the uh, differences and adjustments here like so for example like indiana goes from 500 to 1 to 250 to 1 there's not a lot of markets up right now so like from a spe- sports betting standpoint we can only kind of speculate on what we want to see from some of these teams uh like you know would you i'll ask you this would you would you bet Houston to participate in the play-in, or would you bet Houston to make the playoffs with this current construction? Um, no. On, on both, both. Okay. on both, no. I think I'd bet. I, it would depend on the price. I would assume they're going to be one of the favorites to participate in the West play-in. You know what I mean? They should be up there at about like a plus, a small plus price to participate in the play-in. Okay. We'll see if that's going to be the case. I'm not betting like plus 110 for them to participate in the play-in, but... If, the play-in tournament is so genius because I'm just like, I'm trying to eliminate teams right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's... When you yeah. got 10 teams that freaking make it, you know, I mean, you're talking about five teams in, in each conference here that aren't going to make the damn thing. Yep. Uh, so, okay, really quickly, before we take our... Actually, you know what? Let's take a break here. Uh, on the other side, let's talk about... I wanted to talk about Phoenix filling out their roster because they did as well as they possibly could. We have an update on James Harden that we have to discuss as well. And, and there's one more fringe team that we can discuss in the Eastern Conference. It's so weird. It's funny how I perceive things and then like how it's perceived by others because there was a move made in like the first day of free agency that I was like, I kind of dig that. And almost everybody affiliated with the team was like, what is this team doing? And I was like, I, I don't really get it. We'll discuss what that is when we come back. So... Just to pay off the tease really quickly, it's the Detroit Pistons. I actually kind of like that they go um, and add shooting to their roster. Uh, I know that when you're talking about, um, uh, wow, why is his name escaping me now all of a sudden? Uh, former Brooklyn Nets shooter that played at Virginia. I know everything about him, oh, but I cannot remember his name. Uh, Joe Harris, thank you. Joe Harris. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Harris, right. Like he's, It's an expiring contract. He's a shooter. They desperately need it. It's not like the like Pistons fans, I guess, were hoping for spending and free agency on stuff, but... I, I don't know, Kelly, like if you're just shipping off some minimal stuff, you're not sacrificing anything really in terms of player personnel. Why not get an expiring deal in Joe, in Joe Harris, see what he has. And guess what? If not, you're going to have a ton of cap space clear up next year and you can do whatever you want in a, in a stronger free agency class. I kind of liked what Detroit did. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it at all. If, if anything, thought it was a good move by them because of, because of exactly what you just said. I mean, there's, there's a lot of money tied in his contract, but great. You get, if you're Detroit, it's one year left. That, that he's got yeah, on that? it's an expiring deal. Yep. Okay, so like, yeah, I, I mean, sure, you give it a run with him for a year, he's going to help. I, I, I mean, this is another team kind of like Utah, where, where I had two of the biggest surprises to me last year was that Utah didn't move on from Jordan Clarkson and that the Detroit Pistons didn't flip Boyan Bogdanovich somewhere, right? right? But it was like both of those teams came out and said, like, hey, these guys have been working really well with the younger groups of guys we have. Like, we want them here to help build up this younger these younger groups. And – Hey, are you a boy on there? You're bringing in Joe Harris. Like you got some quality shooters from the outside on that team. So I, you know, if, if Kate Cunningham allows Kate Cunningham, Jay Nivey, a little bit more room right in that lane to operate, allows their games to develop. Hopefully uh, you could spread it out wide with some serious threats there. You got a Sar Thompson who's going to be working his way in the lineup there. Yep. I like the move, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. Any, any, any shooting always helps in the NBA, but especially you got these teams that are so that, that is, I mean, they've got a lot of, I got a lot of growth, right? That, that's got, that has to happen before they're really taken seriously. I don't have a problem with, with that deal at all. Yeah, I thought it was solid. So, all right, James Harden. We won't spend a lot of time. So the Pistons are my guilty pleasure. And uh, I will, again, I think bet their win total over. And if Cade Cunningham's going to be healthy, then I think I've got a shot there. Yeah, so, the other thing real quick yeah. that's worth bringing up about that, JVT, is that you don't know how, I think that Joe Harris piece is a good piece to get if you're the Pistons, because are you really... If you're the Pistons, are you really threatening for a playoff spot this year? Yeah, maybe you're on the maybe you're right there. Are you really threatening though to go win an Eastern Conference title? No, not not really. So 
who knows? Maybe someone comes to you pretty desperate for a three-point shooter at the trade deadline, and you, you could flip around Joe Harris again, and you get something for basically nothing. Bingo. If you get old Joe Harris to pop up for like 50 games for you, like, see ya. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> get something maybe uh, by any contender. That would be, uh, I think, something that would uh, that could potentially happen too. So James Harden, Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports Sports Center yesterday. Uh, this is interesting. So I, it's really cool. I like Summer League because it was cool to talk about all those teams or all those uh, NBA minds that were there, right? And the big story, if you remember, right before Summer League started last year, was that Kevin Durant had requested a trade. And so all Summer League, you know, that's all the conversation was. It was like, hey, yeah. Kevin Durant, what's going to happen? Where's he going to go? And when in talking to guys like Amino Hassan and others that were there, a lot of them came up with the same thing, which was like, hey, don't be surprised if he's going to be a Brooklyn Net when the season starts. And he was. And then he got flipped, and we know what happened from there. And it does sound like we are getting more and more traction on James Harden might request a trade. He's also under contract and might be a Philadelphia 76er by the time training camp comes around. Wojnarowski was on with uh, Hannah Storm on SportsCenter on Sunday. Kelly said this, quote, Philly has asked teams uh, for really high prices. It's how Darren Morey has operated. When you see other situations where players have been ready to move on, look back to Ben Simmons. He kept Simmons an entire year before he traded him out. He did that move quickly on a deal, or he did not move quickly on a deal. I think it'd be the same thing here. Like if nothing really good pops up, are you really going to be that quick to go and flip him? Because right now the Clippers are the odds on favorites to land him. I do have these odds in front of me. It's the Clippers minus 200, 76ers are plus 320, Knicks at six to one, Heater at seven to one. And if you really think about it, like if you're Daryl Morey, because there's two things you got to do here, right? You've got to trade Harden, but you've also got to do something to keep Joel Embiid happy because right. the, the rumblings are getting louder and louder of the Knicks just lurking and waiting for Embiid <laughs> to just get unhappy and for them to unload some assets to go and get him. And think about it. So let's talk about like the Clippers deal. Terrence Mann, some salary filler, probably like Covington and Morris, a couple of somewhat future first round picks that could be valuable because they're going to be down the you know down there and who knows what Clippers are at that time. Is that really going to keep Joel Embiid happy? Like, what is that 76ers team? That's, I don't know, man. I don't know what that looks like. I think they have, when it comes to Harden, when it comes to Lillard, they got, I mean, they're in the most difficult spot right now to me because this is, this is, like, the most important thing is keeping Joel Embiid happy, right? So, like, I think that's all, I think it's all matters to Like, <laughs> I think that's bad to say because you've got such a good team that you would hope could could win this year. But, man, your number one priority is keeping Joel Embiid long-term. So, I, I don't know. Because if we just talked it from a basketball sense, the James Harden thing is almost becoming a little too weird to me where it's like, we're, like this is still a good fit. Like, this is not a bad fit on Philly. Right. In fact, like, I, I still think it makes more sense with James Harden on Philly than James Harden on the Clippers. Like I think that I think that fit makes more sense that on Philly than than on on LA. So I yeah I'm I'm I I agree. I think that the I think the 76ers no matter what they're hearing from James Harden, I don't think they're going to be rushing to move him cuz I yeah. even worse if, if James Harden wants to play hardball, fine whatever, you're going to sit on the bench watch Tyrese Maxey like play get the minutes anyways. Like that's that's probably what they all wanted to do all along here anyways. Um and yeah, if Joel Embiid's got one feeling one way or the other about it, though, I, I think that makes the difference with James Harden. I, re I really do. And, and clarify, too, when you're when you're looking at these odds for people who are maybe thinking about betting on where will Harden, remember that the wording is, where will he play his next regular season minute? So, yeah. like, there is obviously a universe in which he plays his next regular season minute for the Philadelphia 76ers and then ends up getting shipped off like Kevin Durant at yeah. the trade deadline. So that's, that's just something to consider here as you're kind of watching this because there's just kind of like what we're talking about here with um with Portland and Miami there's just not that much out there for Harden and the, look it's not anywhere near the same thing Harden's value is at, at I would say at an all-time low there's a reason why he opted into a cheap deal so that he can get dealt a little bit easier like it's not like you're looking for massive packages but I think part of the the balance there is getting a deal that would also keep Joel Embiid happy or maybe adding to your trove to then go and maybe get something from the Portland Trailblazers but that was the uh, that was the update there for Harden. We'll see if that happens. By the way, the Knicks are also in there at six to one, and the Heat. I don't really get it. So, I, so I like think, those, I was gonna bring yeah. those two up. Like I don't, I don't get those. I, I don't yeah. see. That's the one where I don't understand. Like I, I don't understand what the what the Sixers' desire would be to go ship him to a team to make another Eastern Conference team better. Because don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, both of those teams would get better. 
right? Yeah. Like I don't I don't know where the unless unless they unless they're a part of a three team deal for Lillard, and that's the only way you can get Lillard. Right. Uh, otherwise, I don't really get that. And that's one, like, if I had to bet that market right now, James Harden, next team odds. Clippers minus 200, Sixers plus 320, Knicks uh, uh, plus 600, Heat plus 700, and then everybody else is 20 to 1 or longer. I'd be betting the Sixers there if I had to make a bet right now. Yes. And as the resident Clippers fan, uh, I will say, just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, you got I, Russell Westbrook I, back for that cheap, cheap though. <laughs> hey, that, and look, and he he was good. And they actually, when we started the pod, it just came down. They re-signed Plumlee to a one-year deal for like five million. Um, like, like again, it's like they have a good, solid core. I think Terrence Mann should be their starting point guard. Like, I just don't, I don't understand this rush to go and get somebody in that position. I mean, I understand it's been a need, and you could argue that it still is. But you're, what you're rushing to try to fill it with, I just don't understand. Unless it's Damian Lillard, if you can somehow do that and keep Kawhi and Paul George together, I get it. But, you know, sacrificing assets and potentially a Terrence Mann type to go get James Harden, I don't know, man. I just don't really understand, especially when the returns for Terrence Mann at point guard have been really, really good for that team. But well, that's just me. That's Agreed. just me. So before we get out of here, uh, last comments on the Phoenix Suns, because we are going a little long. There's a lot that happened over the weekend that we have to get to. What have you made of Phoenix filling out their roster? For those who have not seen all of the deals, uh, they have signed the following. Eric Gordon, he had two years, $6 million deal. Uh, Damian Lee, Keita Bates-Diop, Yudo Watanabe, Drew Eubanks, and Chemezi Metu have been their signings. That's six guys to fill out their roster. I would say solid, given the position that they're in because of the salary cap, right? Gordon didn't really play that well in uh, LA, but he had a career 37.1% shooter, or he is a, a career 37% shooter. Uh, Watanabe, good stretch forward. I didn't. I always forget he's so tall. He's 6'9". I always yeah. forget that. Um, <laughs> so he's awesome. You know, Coming off a career year, I think that's pretty good low buy. Damian Lee actually shot 44% on 33 or 3.3 attempts last year from three. So like, I think you did what you could with the, the pieces. Um, but I think there's, hey, good job in free agency. And there's, did you put together enough depth that's going to win you a championship? And I would say, mm, still have questions about that. I will say that I think they did. I think they did about as best a job as they could. Yes. You know what I, I, you know what I mean? Like that, cause you and I were very critical of, you know, when, when the Beal trade happened, Hey, what are they going to be able to do? Depth was already an issue. How are you going to make this team really that much better? Cause just adding Bradley Beal alone, isn't going to put, do it for you. I, I was impressed. I was impressed, JVT, but I think that you also got you also got to limit that of how impressed you are because you got to understand that there, of course some of these guys are going to be rushing to play with this group of players, right? So an Eric Gordon mm -hmm. taking a veteran minimum, right? I don't, isn't isn't shocking to me. Yet from the Phoenix side, I think you got to look at it as it's probably about as best as they could have done. And so if you're mm -hmm. a Phoenix Suns fan out there, like that was going to be a big issue for the for you this offseason, regardless of whether they got a Bradley Beal or not, like. I think you did about as well as you could here filling yep. out this roster. Yeah. And I'll say, I still feel the same about this team. Like I'll be looking to play against them. I think they're going to be pretty overvalued. Um, and I don't like, I wouldn't rush to back them to win the NBA finals at any point, especially at the current prices. Uh, but like you said, like you get it, you did it. Like you, you went yep. out there, you, you got on base a bunch, you hit your singles, you did what you could. And I, I think you did exactly what you were supposed to do uh, with your cap space. Uh, all right, with that, uh, I, I wanted to hit, I mean, we were going kind of long, Kelly, so we don't have to do a ton on this. Just hit the fact, you know, Summer League's coming. They're going to have some more mm -hmm. coverage uh, throughout the week. Um, I'll ask you this. Actually, let's close on this then. We won't do exactly like breakdowns of rosters. Do you bet Summer League? Do you like Summer League? What's what's your what's your relationship with Summer League betting when it comes to Las Vegas or any of these California classics, Salt, uh, Salt Lake City Summer Leagues? Great question, because I'll have the same for you. But the, uh, I mean, I love Summer League, but it's more, for me, it's more of a preparation tool for the regular season, I think. And there's not a lot of game-to-game -game betting for me. Um, look, I think that there could be, I think there could be good betting in the futures market when you get out there, either either if you get, ro you see rosters earlier than sports books do, or if you get out there and see some of these teams, with, you know, with your own eyes, or if you're just even sitting at home watching on TV, um, I think there's some guys, some guys and some teams that will stick out to you. Uh, I mean, what we have the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, bringing basically everybody on their roster this year, not named SGA. It feels like uh, to play in the mm -hmm. summer league year. But here's the thing: this is why it pays attention. It helps pay attention because this is essentially preseason betting. By all accounts, guys like Jalen Williams are only playing in the Salt Lake City Summer League, which starts tonight. Which would make sense. The Vegas yes. Summer League starts on Friday. 
We'll see who's going to play there. I think the biggest question is Holmgren, who didn't play at all last year. Will they allow him to play a lot of minutes um, considering the injury and the time that he missed? But like, that's one of the things, Kelly, is that you're hitting on. Don't just look at the rosters. Make sure you're like you're searching and you're finding yeah. like, okay, who's going to play and who's not? Because you could see a bunch of dudes on there. You know, Wembenyama, I think, is going to pop up on the Spurs Summer League roster, but he's only going to be there to practice. By all right. accounts, he's not playing. And I know we've gotten every other report about that, but by all accounts, he's not playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for, for one thing, I, I would expect to see out of him until, uh, you know, until until proven otherwise, JVT is just, I think one of the biggest things he's going to have to, the biggest hurdle he's going to have to overcome is just, it's just conditioning and getting used to these longer games. I, I mean, they're playing, they're playing shorter games over in Europe, where, you know, it's only a couple minutes a quarter, but still it adds up over time. And you're asking a guy like, we want to talk about how big of a unicorn he is, but it's like you're still asking a guy who's seven foot four, you know, to pl- we're asking him to play like a small forward sometimes, right? Like right. that's a little unfair sometimes to a guy who's seven foot four. He's going to get tired. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how much they play him summer league preseason. You know, how much they get, how much are they really going to take their time ramping him up? And I, I have a feeling they are going to take their time with him. Yep. Uh, really quickly, we'll get out of here on this because I do have to run. Uh, I am working on like a big summer league preview that'll be out uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Nice. Um, but three teams to look out for to bet on futures wise. Love the Blazers roster. Love the Hornets roster. And if the Pistons play their second year guys, love the Pistons roster. Because Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran are going to be part of it. It'll be kind of dependent on those guys playing, but you kind of like what the Pistons are putting together too. But those are the three at the top of the list. Um, yeah, I wrote yeah. down. I wrote down five team names just as I was going through rosters okay. earlier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're the top five in the betting market, but still. Yeah. Pistons, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Blazers were the only yeah, ones I, 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 I thought. Yep. I, I, they were the only ones I thought I had. I had any interest in possibly yep. betting. And yeah, I'm pretty the sure they're like at the top of the board. Yeah, all I, think, five I, I think that's yep. That's all five of them. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kelly. It's good to talk to you, man. Good to, yeah, good man. to talk to Steve back into the group of things. Uh, so I, I think we're going to try to put one out on Wednesday. I want to see if uh, Tim Murray is going to be available, get the college basketball betters perspective on some of these college basketball players that be part of Summer League. And remember, two things. One, Friday, uh, we will start broadcasting from Summer League. We'll have different stuff. We'll have trying to record as much as possible with people out there, uh, try to get hits on uh, almost every single team as we're out there as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun to do over the next 10 days. It goes from the 7th to the 17th. And also, the most important part, uh, the VEASAN NFL betting guide is live, and it's awesome. So make sure you check that thing out. If you're not, uh, check part of our our, uh, football package that you can get in. Check out all the details at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. But very much worth it as we're getting ramped up about 50 days away from college football. This thing's going to be here right around the corner, dude. Uh, And you want to get ready as quickly as possible. Decent NFL betting guide. Totally worth it. You're shaking your head because I'm with you. Time flies, man. (laughs) Time flies. All right, Kelly. uh, With that and next week too, by the way, Kelly and JVT on a numbers game for like the entire week. So can't wait to do that too. Uh, Like, rate, review, subscribe. And we will talk to you hopefully on Wednesday for Harvard Handicappers. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 